I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We are fresh back from April's 40th birthday. We won't tell you where we went or what we did, but just imagine 10 wild ladies. Or you can just follow us on Instagram and then they can see (laughs) see all the photos and all the things that we did. Yeah, you can just go and follow us on Instagram at Shameless Sex and you can see all the Shameless Sex podcast on Instagram. Oh, shit. Someone already had Shameless Sex when we started this. They had, and that account, yes. And I gotta go buy it from them. No, I know. I think I tried and they were like, we want $1 million. I was like, well, your valuation is I quite high. I we'll go with podcast. Uh, so how <laughs> does it feel to be 40, Chip? It feels really fabulous. I have to say, I feel great. I was surrounded by people that I loved and I had such a... And just an incredible experience. We were in the ocean. Oh, yeah. We were without the dogs. However, it was, I think, was, better that way. And yeah. there were dogs and cats where we were at this this house that we were staying in and, and an island. And it was beautiful. So uh, very, uh, very lucky. It was, yes. it was so much fun. Some of us may have come back with some bruises and cuts and lost voices. I got stung by a sea wasp, which <laughs> I didn't even know what these things were were until I my ass was my left ass was we were snorkeling together in a group because they were like yeah. get your buddy find your buddy and I'm like, I where's my buddy oh, I lost my buddy and then, and then all of like, a sudden Ow! I heard it <laughs> and then I got stung by a fucking sea wasp <laughs> and they're nearly invincible which is really helpful huh. and or invisible no I said invincible too and you called me out on it because invincible is like a superhero thing yeah. but they're invisible oh, nearly invisible I actually was going to go with that like they can't be murdered <laughs> no they're invisible nearly <laughs> and they are a type of I guess jellyfish and oh. my ass is still it's better but it was on fire someone's like it looks like a leather bag i was like well that's great going for that (laughs) i guess guess that's 40 (laughs) welcome to 40 well i'm the one that lost her voice so it's a little raspy but it's coming back and that's how much fun we had celebrating april and she is a wonderful human being i love you so much chip you're my bff ride or die non-sexual life partner which we actually talk about in this episode with rachel wright which this episode is about flirting dating casual sex no april and i are not dating flirting or having casual sex but we talk about the meaning of relationships also, how to flirt, how to date, how to keep things casual. Uh, and Rachel's awesome. We will definitely have her back on our show. She's amazing. We yeah. didn't want to let her go. Yeah, we're, we're like, like and we're, wait, one more question. Yeah, yeah, we were like throwing out all kinds of yes. bones. <laughs> and Amy was hungry. Yes, I was hungry. <laughs> You'll find out why when you listen. <laughs> all right. Anyways, are you ready for a sex question? Yes, please. I don't know it. It's going to be a surprise. It, it's about food. Um, oh, so where can I get? Just kidding. Okay. <clears throat> I was recently diagnosed with high-risk HPV, and I'm wondering how this diagnosis will affect sexual interactions between my partner and myself, specifically around oral sex. My partner is wonderful and super understanding, but I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to keep us both protected, but but also recognizing that I still want to have an active and healthy sex life. Thank you so much for your time and your insights. Love your podcast. So I have a question before yes. for the question. And if you know off the top of your head, otherwise I can actually utilize Google tool. Oh, Google. Do you know if, if HPV is the most common STI that's on that's out there on the planet? Or is it herpes? Because I've heard of a few I'm, different things. I've so my understanding. So when I, as an as a sex educator who, who does not specialize in STIs, STDs, but has former education on it, but it's always changing. My understanding it's HPV. is as I was going to say. Oh, damn it. I should have waited for you because my understanding is that anyone that is like 18 and up and sexually active either is either a carrier or has HPV. And so it's like almost like if you're a sexually active person, you likely will have or be, be a carrier of HPV. Um, second is, what do you think the second is? Wait, I you're like chlamydia. God damn it. Um, what do you think third is? Uh, herpes. Nope. Gonorrhea. Whoa. This is, uh, yeah, this is from, well, I mean, 
This Sim- is, syphilis has been coming the up. The internet too. says it's got to be true, right? Oh, right. Yeah, internet knows everything. But yes, I was going to say HPV. And that was the case, though, when, when I became a sex educator when I was like 23 or 24. I'm 37 now. So for this person, and so the thing about HPV, I think people used to think years ago um, that it was just a general thing. And there's actually, actually, um, studies or thoughts or beliefs that you can get HPV, you know, in your throat or in your mouth. And, um, so that it is, it can also be an oral thing. And I don't have the full, you know, spectrum of understanding of how to prevent that. And this person's question is specifically around oral sex and having HPV. My thought would be, so when you have HPV, generally for most people, you have it and then it eventually goes dormant in your body. Or for some people it gets really aggravated and they have to have, like it can become cancerous. Like if you have a cervical HPV and there's so many different variations of HPV, I think it's like hundreds of thousands. Four, there's 40 different types of Only HPV. 40? Yes. Okay, shit. There well. are 40 known types of HPV that can affect the genitals, mouth or throat. I'm okay. not trying to quiz you here. Oh, I'm just totally. pulling it up because I didn't know. And there's... I have met two actually penis owners that have had HPV things in their throats. Yes. So this is, so this is something to consider, but then a lot of people are like, well, so am I just going to use condoms for a safer sex? So Honestly, when we talk about safer sex, we say safer because it's a harm reduction approach, meaning there's not just one or the other. So if you have HPV on your genitals, you really want to be as careful as possible to never pass it on to your partner. And nothing is guaranteed unless you're abstinent, first of all. Uh, But you want to be as careful as possible. So on one side of the spectrum, as super careful, careful beyond abstinence would be you always use condoms for oral. You always use dental dams for oral. You know, you're always very well, I guess this person's a vulva owner so you would always use dental dams when your partner is going down on you but then okay what if you go down let me see let me yeah do they they put their cock in your pussy and then you go down on them and now you make out with them or you put your mouth in their on their cock again without protection i i don't have the answers to these things so the super safe thing would be to always use barriers and even with barriers this is a skin on skin thing they might not help be able to protect that in the first place um so if you want to be as safe as possible barriers uh, and you know you could do that until you keep testing and i believe at least here in california i don't know if it's the united states or california they now recommend what do we get tested every three years every three years if you have an abnormal pap or a pap sorry i'm sorry pap smear every three years right and if you have an abnormal one then you can come back every year if if, or if there's a history until yeah and then and then if it's now there's normal now maybe it's dormant in your body but it could could come back you know for me i i had hpv uh, it came out, I, I discovered I had it two years into a relationship with someone where we were monogamous. So like it was dormant for a while and all of a sudden it wasn't. Um, I don't know if I got it from them, from past sexual partners. And then it went dormant like three or four years later it has never come back. I've never had an abnormal pap in over 10 years. So honestly, my advice would be, I hate to say it this way, but like, I don't want to say, I want to say, don't take it so seriously, but I wanted to say like, you're human. You know, this is kind of a part of being a human experience is HPV and being a sexual being. Um, and, you know, the stats were what, 90% of people that are sexually active? Something right around there. It's hard to say because some people don't test positive or yeah. they don't have the abnormal pap. There are three vaccines. I've never had it and it can be given, but I'm not going to tell anyone to those protect against cancer of different areas from HPV that are linked. Um, but you could do your own research around the vaccinations. Uh, I don't even know how long they've been out, but I know there are, but that doesn't protect you against getting the actual yeah. um, STI. And some people aren't into getting vaccinations and yes, yeah, there's, there's so many pieces there, but we do have an episode with someone who is an expert when it comes to this. Her name is Remy, Remy Paye, nurse practitioner. It's episode 120. It's called the STI STD episode. And she talks about HPV a lot on the episode. I've heard a lot of people linking genital warts and HPV together. Yeah. I thought are they the same thing? I thought they were different. My understanding is they're in the same category of, or family. And so like when I, I so someone who has had cervical HPV, so one of the 40 variations they're talking about, who, um, who did get one of the shots um, the after, even after having cervical HPV. Um, and then a couple years later had sex with someone um, or went into a relationship with someone who later started to develop uh, warts on their 
on their genitals, on their cock. That was not from me that I know of um, because mine was cervical. It's a different variation. Mm. Um, and they're pretty sure they know where it came from. And I didn't get them. We, we had unprotected sex. I did not get their variation of these genital warts that were that the doctor said were HPV. So, we don't, I mean, again, we're not doctors over here. We don't have all of the answers. This is definitely good questions to ask your gynecologist or your doctor or definitely listen to the episode with Remy because she has a lot of great information. And I think this information is constantly changing because we are learning so much more about STIs, STDs, and HPV particularly. Also, there a lot of folks show no symptoms. Just carriers. And that's sometimes what happens with other STIs out there as yeah. well. So it's really difficult to actually pin down the percentage but the, the yeah it's if you're sexually active you have to know that it's a harm reduction repro- yeah. approach which harm sounds so gnarly when you're like oh we're harm. reducing it though we're, we're trying reducing to reduce it. it like the you know less harm right like if you want to be like somewhat safe but you don't want to be abstinent then like you know use condoms or birth control or something you know but like nothing is guaranteed if genitals are touching genitals lips are touching lips or lips are touching genitals these are mucous membranes and they do absorb things very quickly easily and quickly um and it's all you know it's all a risk but there's certain things that we can do and education i think is important and and just talking to your partner about this like you know how how comfortable do you feel does you say to your partner knowing that i have this that you might get this from me and like how comfortable are you in engaging in sexual activities because this this might happen um and so that later they're not like what the fuck you know this is also a good point just to finalize this to get tested even if you are in a monogamous relationship to go get tested regularly screened even if your body seems to be at an optimal level sometimes it's good just to get blood work done to make sure everything is in check because you want to be preventative that's yeah. why you go you get physicals blood and, work and urine work right and if it's not every year every three years and to make sure you're preventing any sort of cancer because it is so it, that's what you're trying to really prevent is having that? carcinogenic things form in your body the advertiser that we, that we had the sponsor everly well you can do home tests too you know mm-hmm. like where you can order kits that you take at home if you want to do this regularly without having to go somewhere so that's another option um i think you i don't know i don't know what our code was either shameless sex or shameless sex podcast or shameless but um you can go check out everly well and you get a discount and do it at home but um check out uh, that episode for sure number 120 it's fantastic all right, that's good. That was a good question. All right, you ready for the bio? Yeah. Psychotherapist Rachel Wright is recognized as one of the freshest voices on modern relationships, mental health, and sex. She's an experienced speaker, group facilitator, educator, therapist, coach, and on-camera mental health and relationship expert. Rachel has been featured widely in the media as a regular contributor to Shape, Insider, InStyle, Cosmo, Women's Health, NBC, Huffington Post, and hundreds of other outlets. To learn more, go to rachelwrightnyc.com. And that's right with a W-R, everyone. Yeah, you're right, right, you bloody well right, right. All right, everybody, is interview time uh, about two seconds ago. We were talking about slut sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, that's maybe what this podcast is about because a slut sandwich could be a wonderful thing. I would, I mean, I'd like to be a part of a slut sandwich. And sounds I'm, delicious. Sounds still, that sounds tasty. I would definitely eat a slut sandwich. Uh, but we are here today, today with Rachel Wright, who you already heard about in the bio. We're talking about flirting, dating, casual sex, slut sandwiches, slut uh, vegan burgers. I'm not sure. <laughs> and whatever we want to talk about in terms of being in the dating flirting world. Uh, and so we already read about Rachel in the bio. So you know a little bit about Rachel, but we will invite you here, Rachel. Welcome to Shameless Sex. And can you please start with telling our listeners how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And uh, talking about slut sandwiches is my favorite pastime. So might be it might be the name Do you of the know podcast. If it's, is it keto? Do we know if it's keto? <laughs> is it is it vegan, non-GMO? Yeah, or, it's organic? Celiac, so as long as it's gluten-free, we're good. So I, I got into the field of sexuality because I was a very, very curious child. I was one of those kids that was constantly asking why I would always ask, why did that person do that? Why is this happening? Why is this going on? And I was about, mm, I think five or six. And I snuck into my parents' book room to read The Joy of Sex. Yeah, Mm. it was, I mean, I had no idea what I was looking at. I just knew that it was interesting and it was my parents' book. And 
ever since then, like, here we are. Uh, so long story short, I knew I wanted to be a therapist. And right away, when I got into the school for therapy, they're like, you know, you're not going to know your specialty right away. Take your time, figure it out. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I, I want to focus on sex. I want to focus on sex. And so I did a lot of sex education while I was going through the licensing process of becoming a sex therapist, because that is a long fucking process. Uh, did a lot of sex ed. I sold sex toys for like an MLM that did sex toy sales back in the day. It was really fun. Um, and we, we, we know that field. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now it, I kind of do a hybrid of all of that. So I see clients as a sex therapist. I teach workshops as an educator. I write for a bunch of media outlets. I audit articles, which is so wild for like factual information, because there's so much misinformation out there. Um, and that is where we are today. Mm. I like that. I actually am teaching a workshop tonight and they were like, oh, we could actually have our, our resident expert teach it. Rachel Wright. I'm like, wait, Rachel I, Ray. Uh, Rachel Wright. I oh, said. I thought I was like, Rachel Ray teaches no, sex. <laughs> no, no, that's the chef, Rachel Wright. And I was like, I, wait, she's on the podcast that I'm interviewing her. So that's awesome. So our worlds are overlapping, Rachel. I Not Rachel it. Ray, but Rachel, I said Rachel Wright. You, pro I, you probably did. I was just, I'm hungry. So, <laughs> but that is why, Rachel. <laughs> Where's my slut sandwich? I know. Sorry, I brought up a sandwich. Okay. So let's talk about the initial steps of flirting because you have a lot of info to give on this. Is there a trick to flirting? What are your top tips for people who are trying to up their flirting game? What do I do? Out of all of the things that we're talking about today, this topic makes me laugh because anyone who knows me in the dating world, I'm non-monogamous. So I have, I have three part primary partners uh -huh. and I'm still in the dating world. And the thing that I am the worst at in it is flirting. I am so good at oh, helping really? other people with it. <laughs> I am so like, I could sit all day and talk about it, but you put me on that app and I'm like, uh, hi, uh, how's your day? Like, I am so incredibly <laughs> awkward. I cannot even tell you. So I just wanted to like name that. So someone's listening, they're like, who is she to give advice on this topic? I talked to her on field hey, and it was it, not good. We're not all perfect at what we, what we talk about or teach, you know, we're all, we're all students. So that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So th the biggest trick to flirting is honestly not taking yourself so fucking seriously. It is being playful while being honest. And if you can combine playfulness with honesty, that is the best type of flirting. So if you really do think that someone's lips are incredibly attractive and turn you on, you can playfully say, hey, your lips turn me on. Like, I love looking at your lips. They do things to my, to my body bits, you know, like really integrating playfulness into honesty and really looking at like, how can I be my best self here while not taking myself so seriously? Because there's nothing that kills flirting more than like, I have to be serious, which is why I am awful at it. Cause I'm like, let's talk about feelings right away. And people are like, no, Rachel. Oh my God. I'm probably so bad at flirting then too. <laughs> so yeah. So lighten it up. Don't take yourself so seriously. Give honest compliments and share honest things. And if you can combine the playfulness with the honesty, you are so golden. Wait, I have, want to ask a question because I fall into the, the trickery of flirting where I'm overly too funny I, I don't want to pat myself on the back but so, and sometimes like, you. like oh my too god funny. well no but I can be like not taken seriously enough about flirting because I'm always like cracking jokes and and so yeah. is there a flip side to that because I use that my uncomfortability turns into the awkward fucking girl that's gonna just like try to say something <laughs> funny like squirrel and that you know and I'm like <laughs> let's, let's play the state capital game so is there, <laughs> totally. is, there is there a new is there a neutral space that that someone like me should go into yeah, totally. I, I think that that comes back to like the honesty piece and the inverse of the not taking yourself so seriously. So like in an attempt to not take yourself so seriously, you're like overcorrecting into humor and deflecting and not wanting to actually say, I think you're really hot. Instead, it's easier to make a joke for some people. And that directness in a playful manner is what makes really good flirting. Like 
Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There is a time and a place. I love a funny person. So there's nothing wrong with humor and like sprinkle it in there all you want, but just don't have that be like your go-to every single time. Cause then you just become like the funny person and the person on the receiving end is like, do they even like me? Like, mm. do they think I'm attractive? Cause all they're doing is making sarcastic jokes. And I know I've been on the receiving end of that where I'm like, is that sarcasm? Or do you like actually think that? And because the flirting usually happens in the beginning, it's almost impossible to know because you don't know the person yet. Once you get to know someone, you're like, oh, of course, that's so-and-so. They're sarcastic and like that's their sense of humor or whatever. But at the beginning, you're like, is that what they actually believe? Are they being sarcastic? Mm. Especially over text. It's so hard over text. It's very, yeah. Well, people make oh. all these assumptions. Yeah, and, yep. and I was thinking, oh, yes. Well, well, we're going to the yeah, okay. this next because so April's asking uh, more in person stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I don't read funny in text at all. I read like a total bitch. <laughs> well, funny, I'm like, funny is, well, funny is hard. And when you do like emojis, I think help like modern day. Then I'm like, do you funny. not know how to spell? Why are you using so many fucking emojis? I don't know. Really- <laughs> Because all right, anyways, uh, no, so, about me. I'm done. No, no, no. I'm done. This is gonna this is gonna be no, connected to what you're asking. Is because so one of the questions that we have though, so we're considering modern technology, right? So there's like dating apps. Um, and there's not just apps, there's, there's the websites, so there's websites, so those are the apps, and we're in a you know, pandemic age, or maybe we're not when you're listening to this in the future. Um, and <laughs> so there's in-person flirting. So let's ask, I'm gonna broaden this question here there. Yeah. Um, so what are in your opinion, because some of the best ways to to meet people uh considering this broad spectrum and then adding on to what april's saying i'm just going to throw this out there what's the difference between flirting online and flirting in person oh my gosh okay so I'm surprise gonna... question <laughs> <laughs> i love this i'm going to answer the second part first so the biggest yeah. difference between flirting online via text and in person is body language like hands down, that's it. We give off so many nonverbal cues with our body language. And so things that we're not even thinking about, like I'm someone that when they're cold, I'm cold, I cross my arms like to protect. It's almost like, no, my nipples, I want to protect them from the cold. Like that's really what I'm doing. But if someone doesn't know that about me, which who the fuck would know that about me? They're going to be like, why is that woman standing with her arm crossed? She must not want to talk to anyone or she's not having a good time because culturally that's what that posture means. So when we're flirting in person, like open shoulders, turning towards the person, leaning in towards the person, like not taking up their personal space and not asking for consent, but like not leaning away. The second you start leaning away, the other person's like, they want to go at least a good person will think that, right? Like someone who is aware of of what's going on and doesn't want to like violate consent. (laughs) So the best way to meet people is however suits your personality and psyche and what makes you feel comfortable. So if you are someone who thrives in a group setting and being around people, go do that. If you are someone who thrives in structure, try speed dating right? Like go to a thing where you're not having to just randomly approach people. And someone's like, Nope, you sit here, you sit here two minutes go. And then you have that container to just be like, Oh, I can, I can thrive now because I just have two minutes with this person versus like walking around a mixer and being like, Oh my God, how do I go up to that hot person over there? And like, then you just get in your head and think about it. And for other people, the mixers, the more you know, optimal situation. And then there are those who in-person things before clicking with someone really freak them out. And I think that that is an outcome of so much of our life being online now, that it is actually more comfortable for a lot of people to start the relationship digitally and then bring it in person. And the idea of starting it in person is like, but they'll see my face. (laughs) It's really freaky to people. And I I always prefer in-person and I say that, but I've met every partner online. So, you know. Yeah. 
Tis, tis the age. So I have a question about the speed dating and mixers you, you were talking yeah. about. The Catalina uh, wine mixer? A wine, a wine mixer? The, no, the Catalina <laughs> wine mixer. Step Brothers? Never yes. mind. All right. Shake <laughs> and bake? Um, that's no, that's movie. Talladega Nights. Oh, shit. Sorry. Same um, crew. Uh, slut yeah, sandwich over here. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I've known people who have tried to find legit, I'm doing air quotes, or like a, a speed dating uh, avenues that are online mm-hmm. or in person. And they're... It, it seems like kind of hit or miss like this. A lot of speed dating sites are trying to do like a grander promotion for their other work. Do you, so like where do people find speed dating and mixers, whether it's an in-person mixer or speed dating, like where, what are the, I know of meetup.com, like how do they go and find these things? I know that there's all the apps for dating, but what if they want to go and do these other versions? So wonderful question. First of all, I think that a great place to start is to niche down a little bit. So if you know that you're a super sex positive person and are into kink and are into, you know, whatever, sex positivity in general, look for sex positive organizations in your area and then see what events they're having. So kind of reverse engineer it instead of just doing a general Google search for speed dating, my zip code, then all of the, you know, like a church speed dating thing could pop up. Like you don't know what's so yeah. And for somebody that's perfect. So that's a great example. If you're a religious person and want to date someone from church, look up literally Google church speed dating and your zip code. So if you can think about what types of organizations would be putting on events that would have people that I want to meet, then you can search it that way. There's a great new app called Bloom that is basically trying to replace FetLife. I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They have a bunch of, it's a sex positive app. They have a bunch of different events listed. Some are virtual, some are in person. You can filter, but I know going on there that everything on that list is going to be attended with sex positive people. And so for me as a not church person, that's the type of event that I want to go to, not the church one. And for someone else, it's really, they would be like, absolutely not. I don't even want that app on my phone. Thank you. So just, yeah, reverse engineering it and going about it that way versus going to like a general, okay, Cupid is hosting a uh, speed dating event to try to sell you into their premium membership. Like, those are the ones where people start to feel like they're at a timeshare presentation and it's just yeah. like the general public. And then, and then they don't want to go back ever again. It ruins it. It ruins the experience. They're like, exactly. well, this is terrible. Speeding is not a real thing. I just want to suggest something to anyone out there. And I don't know, Rachel, if you also agree with this and if not, it's okay. But I find that being single, the best thing is to go to as a plus one date with a girlfriend or yes. a, a guy friend Agreed. to a wedding. A wedding, the wedding crash. A wedding. Well, no, not crashers, but it, going to weddings is so fun. People like let loose, and you meet people. There are a lot of couples, and this is not like a, this is not uh, set in stone. I've met so I've had hookups and met partners that are now at weddings. And uh, yeah, I brought you to that wedding. I'm a pretty big, I'm pretty big hit at weddings, but I'm saying that's a good way if you're freaked out by going to these uh, open affairs. It's a pandemic. Sometimes folks freak out. She's a big hit uh, at weddings. Honestly, she's kind of your but best. I, I want to ask you a, qu- I a question. I want to with you now. <laughs> Come to a wedding or invite me to a wedding with you, Rachel. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> so I have a question that's uh, related somewhat. So coming back to the online portion of this. So that's, again, you had mentioned earlier, that is where a lot of nowadays, a lot of things are taking place with flirting, with dating. It all kind of stems or the foundation is online because it can be so difficult to find these, yeah. these, uh, these mixers that I can't stop thinking about the Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> um, so, so because we're still in, we're still in it, uh, unfortunately, and, and hopefully that will shift, but what happens when you're flirting with someone and okay, so there's a few pieces to this. I've had a lot of friends. I've never used dating apps. Okay. I haven't. Uh, Amy's Mom always our up. guinea pig whenever we, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the guinea pig yeah. uh, because I don't do well. As, as I mentioned, I come across a little weird on text and, and I don't do well just digitally meeting people. She matched me with so many people on Tinder back I in did. 2012. I did. <laughs> I'm good at matching people. I match my, my gay friends with grinder dudes too. I'm like, let me check out his dick. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. Got a great uh, day out of it. Yeah. So my question is for people that are frustrated and they've been on these dating apps and they've been flirting maybe, or they've gone out on several dates and, and the person 
isn't as maybe as witty as they are at, with the flirting on text as they are in person and they, they get exhausted by it. Are there different avenues besides you've already mentioned a couple? The wedding thing, I think, is a good idea. The mixers, mm -hmm. but getting out there, being a, a wing person for someone. Are there other ways? Because I know a lot of folks that just get tired of yeah. the dating realm. They feel like it's almost like a job. Like, mm -hmm. who pays? Do we do coffee? Do we do a second date? Yep. Uh, <laughs> so that's the first part of my question. And that's a lot. And then the second part is what happens when flirting seems like, an, like it's an opening for something more? Like, what do you do there? If they're like, oh, wow. I'm not saying like you got a dick pic because that's <laughs> obvious. Uh, but you're like, wow, they just said I'm, you know, I'm like the smartest person they've ever met, which is what would turn me on. If they said a hottest person, I'd be like, you're fucking crazy. I'm smart. <laughs> um, so that's thing. So what do you think about all that? It's a lot of info, but I just was curious. Okay. So first question is other avenues to meet people. Glad you have a good memory. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> just, I just wanted to make sure I'm like, I'm tracking you. I just want to make you remember sure squirrel, the squirrel. Right squirrel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But okay. So a couple things, if you don't like dating apps, but would prefer to meet online, use Instagram. I cannot tell you how many people have, I hate this phrase, but slid into my DMS and been yeah, like, Hey, <laughs> like, I really love your content. I live in such and such a city, which is near you. Would you ever want to meet for coffee? And like, then I get to click their name, look at their profile, take a full intake into what's going on there and decide if I even want to have a conversation with this person. It is such a wonderful way to meet people because you can, as creepy as this sounds, you can watch what they post and you can get a lot more information about them than frankly, even on a dating app, right? You see that they like reshared something that's like, COVID's not real. And you're like, oh, okay, bye. It, like it's it's so much faster. Or you agree with it. You're like, it's uh, yeah. Match yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So Instagram is great for that. Like really, really, really great. The other thing is tell everyone you know who you want to be set up with. Ooh. So, hey, hi, everyone. Anthony Peters. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe PSA. not the name. I'm not talking about the personality. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just said a name, but I can't help myself. I mean, you know, you could do a name if you're feeling that specific and excited. But yeah, like, hey, I'm looking for someone of this gender, or I actually don't care about gender. What I do care about is that they live within 20 miles of my zip code, <laughs> that they have a semi-stable career. You know, you decide what that means. You know, some people may think my career is not stable because I'm not employed by a corporation. Like you have to decide what that means. Um, high emotional intelligence and general attractiveness. Now, granted, all of these things are subjective. So if there is something that you're like, I can't stand brunettes. Let's just say that's your thing. Like, hate them. Tell <laughs> the person, tell the people that you're giving the PSA to like, Hey, I, by the way, I really don't like brunettes. Like no offense. I just, you know, blondes, redheads and like dyed hair only please. Like if that's something that is a, is a thing for you, then like just state it. And then what happens is that person or those people, whoever you tell are out in the world. And as they meet other single people, this is on their radar. And so all of a sudden it's like, Oh my gosh, I have a friend who I think I would love to introduce you to. Would you be open to that? And nine times out of 10, unless this person is, you know, in a committed monogamous relationship, they're like, oh, sure. Then I go back to the friend. Hey, I met somebody. I would love to introduce you. Is that cool? And then I do like a little meet cue and then boom. But if we don't put out there what we want, if we don't tell people that we're looking for someone, they can't help us. It's like they're you're hiring a bunch of minions and they're yes. out there doing your your dirty work for you. It's not dirty though, it's sexy work and they're out there. You're you're kind of putting out the information there. And and I guess a question I would have again is like kind of a tangent too, but because some people don't know a lot of people, you know, they're like small, yeah. they have a very smaller inside circle. And in in that sense, I guess like for me, if I was someone who felt like, okay, I don't really have like a big inside circle and I want to be able to one grow my, I mean, I think it's just great for people to have a lot of friends in general, mm -hmm. but people can go to meetups just to make friends 
Like you oh, go there. Yes. Like, I mean, do, like the wine, you know, say April and I were, we were both single and we didn't have a lot of friends and we go to the wine meetup in Santa Cruz. Invite because Invite us like to wine. your weddings. Invite us to your weddings. <laughs> and then you can just make new friends. And then through that, like expanding your world. And then also sometimes the people that become your friends are the undercover people that you're like, actually, I think there's something here. Like there, there's like... There's, Totally. And vice versa, you know, in the non-monogamy world, one of my favorite things, and I wish that like we could transfer this a little bit more into monogamous land is when I meet somebody, there's no box. When I meet someone, I get to decide with that person what's actually there. So if we meet on a dating app, that only means we met on a dating app. It doesn't mean that they are stuck in I want to date you. Then this is going to be a relationship. Then we're on the relationship escalator, if that's so. Right. All it means is like, oh, cool. Okay. We're both non monogamous. Let's go out to coffee. And I cannot tell you how many people I've met via dating platforms that have become friends. And so the opposite is also true. And when we're looking for monogamous relationships, it doesn't feel as exciting sometimes to like go out on a bunch of dates to make friends. But if you can switch your mindset to, I just want to meet people that I like, like it's hard as an adult to meet people that you like, it's really hard. And so if you can be upfront and just be like, Hey, I'm really not sure what's there between us, but I'm really enjoying this conversation we're having, you know, do you want to meet for coffee? And then go in with no expectation, just like I'm going to meet another human. And hopefully the conversation will be lovely until it's time to go. And if you can go in with that attitude and mindset, it truly to see what is naturally there with someone in the room is such a gift. I agree with this. And I also agree with making friends. I've lived in places before and and I've lived in, I grew up in a really small town of 1200 people, but then I've lived in uh, many cities, but I lived in Los Angeles. I had less friends living in Los Angeles. I thought about getting a job as a, as a bartender or a server, even though I had a, a, like a 60 hour plus a week job because I wanted to meet people because it was so difficult to meet people because everyone was so spread out. So even if you are living in a city, you can feel isolated. And I just wanted to to kind of shine some light on that because I remember being like, please, friends, visit me in LA. I'm so it's almost alone. harder to make friends than dates, though. Like, you know, you're the, the, totally. and that's, I mean, this, this episode totally. isn't about making friends necessarily, but I remember that, like, you, you know, at that time, April was married and you had a couple friends there, but it was harder to go out and find and make friends. Although it's kind of the same avenues, like go to the wine club, yep. you know, go to the, the Golden but Girls. That's the thing meetup. about the dating apps, which I wanted to ask you, that was my question, because you can actually, if, if something doesn't work out, but you click with someone, you're like, look, we're not sexually attracted to each other, but you're fucking cool. Like, yeah. do you want to just be my friend? Um, I made friends with my psychic in LA. That was cool. Oh, she didn't tell fun. me exactly the yeah, the she, winning lottery numbers, but you know what? <laughs> we made friends. She's like, do you want to hang out with me? Go to the Soho house. So I was like, I need a friend. Yeah. So you mentioned Bloom, but for folks that are less, they're not exploring, they're, they don't consider themselves maybe kinky. They don't consider themselves, they don't, don't want to use field because they feel like that's maybe a little bit too adventurous and they want to keep it real simple. Would you recommend kind of like getting on christianmingle.com or do you think <laughs> it's J-Date. like, yeah, or is it, is I have it kind of, of and Hinge, I have I friends on Hinge. On yeah. See, so so I'm not Jewish, so I couldn't get on J Day. I am sorry. Or hey, you? There are lots of non-Jews on I'm I mean I'm oh. Jewish, but there are lots of non-Jews on J Day. In fact, there were some profiles. I, I haven't been on there for years, but the last time I was on there, there were profiles that were specifically like, I am not Jewish looking for Jewish woman, or like oh. I'm not Jewish, wow. don't care if you're Jewish, didn't want to be on bumble like there it's really wild and yeah yeah, to your point like so one of the things that i say a lot in my work is relationships are relationships are relationships are relationships are relationships and like we try so hard to like hierarchically put our relationships around and it it does us such a disservice if every single person we met We were just like, oh, I enjoy being around you. Let me continue to have you in my life and see what that develops into. I have someone in my life that I consider my platonic life partner. And people are often like, what the fuck does that mean? And I'm like, have you heard of a best friend? (laughs) Like, that's what that is, except for we've just 
called it something different. Like that's it. But we have all of these societal things around like romantic relationships are more important than friendships, which is bullshit. And then, so we put people in boxes of like, they're just a friend and that word just, it, it diminishes what it is. If you meet somebody for coffee and they're a good friend, like, isn't that a win? Totally. A hundred percent. April, I, well, I don't know what she says, but I refer to her as my non-sexual life partner. See? Um, and, there you go. See, yeah. So, yeah. So, and she's, I mean, she's stuck with me for life and, but like in a loving way. We've never even made out or anything. Nope. Admit, yeah. But a lot of, but a lot of people, especially in the sex toy industry for years. And I think still to this day at times think that we're in a relationship together. Yeah. They're like, or your partner, your lesbian partner. Yeah. I was like, oh, Amy. <laughs> yeah. Or they think that we're the same person. They're like, are you April? Or yeah. And this is even before the podcast, by the way. Um, so yes, I, I love that. I love saying that about her. Like she's my non-sexual life partner. We're going to be together forever in this very deep way. And we don't have sex with each other. Someday, maybe I like finally get to, you know, like see, I've seen her naked body 5 million times. Let's be honest. Um, okay. Anyways, uh, moving on, moving on to casual sex, <laughs> April's naked body. So let's talk about casual sex. I'm going to dive deeper yeah. into casual sex. So what about when you want to keep it casual and you want to keep seeing someone, how can you keep it casual, but still stay intimate and connected while just keeping it cash? So this is all about communicating expectations. And mm. this is one of the biggest differences I see with my clients who are monogamous and my clients who are non-monogamous. In non-monogamous relationships, nothing is assumed. Every single thing is talked about because you're designing the relationship. Often you're not on this like escalator of like dating, moving in, getting married, having kids, falling off the edge. Like that's it. It's so many things are assumed. And so in non-monogamy land, these conversations are happening all the time. So, you know, Hey, I really want to be in a committed relationship, not monogamous committed relationship. And I would love to keep it casual. The word casual to me means da 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 da. What do you want? And what do those words like committed and casual mean to you? Because for some people, those two words are opposite. They would hear commitment and be like, well, then that's not casual. And I say, nay, <laughs> you can be absolutely committed to a casual relationship with someone, right? We're committed to our friendships. We're in committed relationships with our family members. Committed is not synonymous to monogamous. So asking someone, what does casual mean to you? This is what casual means to me. You know, we don't talk every day, or maybe you do talk every day. You call each other if you need something, or perhaps you are not that person's person that you call when you need something. Like, what do these words mean? Because they're so much assumed. And so if you want to keep it quote unquote casual, I would challenge you to pull apart what that word means to you before you tell someone, I want to keep it casual so that you can say, and by casual, I mean, and then share your definition. And then you can ask, what do you want? And then you've opened up the gate for this person to actually share more of what they're feeling and what they're thinking and not just use these like buzzwords that we've used around relationships for decades. I'm like, I want to keep it casual. Can you be my emergency contact? <laughs> I get triggered every time. That's a question, a fucking thing for yep. the doctor, like my emergency contact. Cause I've been through like breakups, divorce. And I'm like, do I put my mom? I'm her fucking 40. Damn it. Will she even answer if it's after 8 PM? No. My mom's always going to be my emergency contact until she, well, it's always not well anyway, it's not about you're going to live forever. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like Uberlube. Uberlube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. Uberlube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, Uberlube. Uberlube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. 
Uber Lube is without a doubt my favorite lube, and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com, use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real Volvo owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. I really, really want to just tell you, Rachel, that you just blew my mind with because I did create a story in my own brain about how casual didn't mean committed mm-hmm, can, yeah. and, and commitment like commitment can have this kind of harsh yeah. it, it doesn't really have to but some for some folks it's like yes commitments like that means a, like a wedding ring and a house on a hilltop with some <laughs> maybe some some dogs later and, and a picket fence or but even some people think relationship though right the word relationship means we are now committed monogamous but right. like we can be like april and i have kind of we've gone on two dates say we let's say we've gone on two dates that's still a relationship right also, of some you sort you guys are in a relationship it's a platonic relationship but you're in a committed relationship like the two of you have commitments to each other you can't just drop off the face of the earth and be like oh fuck you bye right like neither of you would do no that. we cannot do that <laughs> well i just want to thank you for that because yeah. you flipped the script and that's hard to do and it's i have i think a very broad mind when it comes to thinking about relationships but when i think about casual sex which is what this question was about mm-hmm. i think about oh you know keeping it safer sex but like i'm just gonna not really call people unless i want to but it's not committed but because that to me was like what i always thought of casual sex and we've done an episode like with reed mahalko early on about casual sex and he had these kind of this like it was kind of like like a, a map it was yeah. a map mm-hmm. of, of, of how to keep it casual with people do you have anything that you would suggest if you want to you want to keep it casual so i love the being up front i want a committed casual thing with you if relationship triggers you i love that do you have anything else but like rules or guidelines and or I, yeah because people catch feels with when you have this intimate exchange yeah. of <sighs> Fluids, so, or maybe not fluids. Yeah. Like things happen. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fluids are you talking about? Yeah. I shared totally. some lemonade with you earlier. Yeah, exactly. We shared a straw. It was very intimate. Um, and now we're in a relationship. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, in kindergarten, that's how it works. And you can pass along herpes in kindergarten by sharing a straw. Oh, so, shit. like, you oh, know, it's true. here they are in sexually committed relationships sharing STIs. Um, just kidding, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> or a not. A little. Okay. So I think that other than defining these words, which is so, so, so important is really (laughs) acknowledging you cannot control your feelings. So if you start to like someone and I don't mean, so again, like we can unpack that word too. Like, what does that even mean? If I like somebody, I mean, I like my friends obviously, or I wouldn't be friends with them. So what are we talking about? Like I I'm starting to want monogamy. I'm starting to want more of a commitment. I'm starting to want to talk to you more often. I'm starting to want to have more frequent dates. Like what, what is that progression? What are you actually catching when you're catching feelings and really like asking yourself what that is. And the other thing here is that people experience sex differently. So I'll use myself as an example. I 
recently have done a lot of work. I'm writing a book and <laughs> if you want to have all of your shit come up, start writing a book. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow, fuck me. So what I realized is I had still shame coming up and this is perfect for this podcast. I had shame coming up around areas that I thought I had worked through like a decade ago. And I was like, what, what is this? And what came from it was I realized that sex for me falls in three different buckets. And you guys tell me if this resonates with you and anyone listening, let me know. There is committed feelings, sex. That's one bucket. Second bucket is hobby sex. So for me, I enjoy sex as a hobby. I could have sex with one person one time and have it be about that specific experience. Like I've never had sex with a six foot two person. That would be interesting. Want to try it? Cool. That to me is not about feelings. That's about trying a new thing, which is under this umbrella of hobby sex. Then the third bucket is the and of both of those. So it's feelings, hobby sex, which would be, for example, if one of my partners and I had a sexual experience that was more under the hobby sex experience, but my partner and I were connected during that, but maybe the third or fourth person involved were not connected with. And when I was able to identify these buckets, what I realized is I didn't have shame around the connected sex because we grow up with that being like the quote unquote appropriate type of sex, right? Like when you're in a loving relationship and <laughs> so there was no shame there. And then I had worked through the shame in the third because the feelings were still there. But that middle one, that hobby sex one, that was like a shame filled fucking so much shame because it's just for fun. And anyone who I meet or met that falls under that category, I'm always honest with, but they're going to stay there. There's not someone who I have hobby sex with that like transitions over into the feelings bucket. It is just in that category. And so asking yourself, do you have these types of buckets? Do you experience sex differently with different people? Have you experienced sex differently? If you're someone who is more sexually adventurous and want to try things like threesomes, group sex, orgies, gang, like whatever the case may be, do you want to feel connected to all of the people involved? Do you want to have feelings with them? If you're demisexual, you may. For other people, it's a hobby. And as long as everyone's consenting, there's not a good, bad, right, wrong with all of these, right? As long as everyone's on the same page. But I think that if we can kind of look at it in categories like that, that can often take away this worry of like, am I going to catch feelings? It's like, no, I'm going into this because I want this adventure. So would Drake be considered hobby sex? <laughs> I really, he's a person, but I really want to make it a hobby just to like bang him out occasionally when I'm in Toronto. See, that's not <laughs> or right. Miami. Exactly. Or, yeah. or Anthony Kiedis. When I he's won't on catch tour. feelings. No, Anthony, that's a relationship. That, that okay. I'm going to be clear about that one. That's the first category. So I love this. I love it so, so much. And I found myself that my buckets kind of fucking skeeter together a little mm -hmm, bit because mm -hmm. I've had hobby sex like the Prince Albert piercing person oh, yeah. in Scotland I caught Freedom. feelings for him and yeah there's been other dudes that I'm like oh this is hobby sex this is fun I've never had a one night stand and then it's mm -hmm. like oh wait but I but I think you're a great DJ damn it well the part of the I think the important part that you were saying also like that you you can't control your your yeah. feelings like like and the, you, you could if you were just like I would make a hard rule that I will only have sex with you once and oh, never see you yeah. again because I'm afraid of commitment or, or I'm, I'm not afraid I'm resistant or whatever. You could do that, right? Like you could, you be, could but absolutely he, do that. But, but like, even that one time, who knows? Like exactly. three hours of that person, maybe they would be like, oh shit. That's true. Right? Some, go on. Like, yeah. What's the point of pushing those away? Like, what are we actually trying to do? I don't know afraid i'm afraid yeah if you want to really know if your hobby sex is going to be good to go to the grocery store together and see how that fucking works out <laughs> no, <laughs> which grocery store though we're talking like exactly that's like where it safe. starts that's where it fucking starts <laughs> what grocery store <laughs> or they're like store. i get instacart everything and i'm like no <laughs> anyway i really really love that so much yeah. you are you were really fantastic i can see why you're uh, you're, you're an expert. I mean, yeah. this is, I can see what, you know, your shit and you have great advice. And I want to talk to you longer because <laughs> really, yeah. so much Thank good stuff. You. I feel like 
we went on so many tangents. You're like, well, I, you're like yeah. a homie now. You're well, a, you're a friend. I mean, actually, for this recording, unfortunately, we are just looking at your beautiful picture. So we'll, we might have some YouTube material clips, but um, and we yet like can still feel really connected to you. So uh, obviously, you're very good at working with people. And Thank I'm gonna you. get to that real quick. Or April will actually probably ask you more about that about how to work with people. But I did want to ask you this last question yeah. about folks. So just like, what what would you say to folks? Because we already asked about like the relationship issue when people are like opposed to things being a relationship, but they're like hanging out four to five nights a week but they're like but it was you know it's not a relationship it's not commitment and like you know there's this resistance there to it what would be i mean obviously we're not going to tell them what they need to think the the relationship is or should be but what would be your your advice to people who are are really um kind of like in resistance of and maybe not just labels but of closeness even though it's actually like getting pretty close yeah but they're kind of like trying to like almost like sabotage it So the first thing I would ask you is, what do you want? Separate from this person, what do you want? Do you want things to continue exactly how they are? Do you want a label or a progression because you're noticing that you're hanging out three to four times a week and you would like that acknowledgement from the other person? Like, what is it that you actually are looking for? And how do you feel not your thought masquerading as a feeling, but how do you actually feel like your emotion about what you want? If you can identify those two things, then you can go to the other person involved in this dynamic, we'll call it, and say like, hey, I know we've been hanging out about three to four times a week and I'm feeling blank, insert that emotion there, when we do that. And we're also saying this isn't a relationship. What I would really love is blank. Insert what you want there. And then what you're doing is you're like naming the thing. You're giving an actual emotion as to, so like, I feel confused when we hang out four times a week and then we both say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this isn't a committed relationship. What I would really and love I saw is... You, and I saw you sliding into fucking people's DMs yeah, on it, IG. You're yes, like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And you can say, you know, what I would really like is to talk about what commitment means because I'm not actually looking for a monogamous relationship, but I would like to understand what we're agreeing to together. Or I am looking for a monogamous relationship. And I also don't necessarily need that from you. I just want to know what we're agreeing to. And then it's opening up this conversation of like, what are our agreements of this relationship, lowercase r relationship? And even saying, sorry, like even saying like, hey, I heard this fucking weird sex therapist talking about how like all things are relationships. Like you have a relationship with your, you know, male delivery person. So like if you have a relationship with them, you probably have a relationship with the person that you're fucking four times a week, you know, (laughs) like think so probably. So like asking, what do you define? What again, coming back to these definitions and meanings, what does relationship mean to you? What does commitment mean? What does this action of hanging out three to four times a week mean to you? What does sleeping over mean to you? Right? Like all of these things that we assign our own meaning, our own, shit from our past and from the media and TV and our parents and like all of the things that we've taken in and putting it out on the table and being like, now you go (laughs) and figuring that out together. It sounds so easy when you say that. And I've had conversations. um, My partner has daughters ranging from the ages of 27 to uh, almost 18 and the mid twenties. It's hard because um, one of them is single and dating and she's such a fucking awesome human. And where she lives, it's just a pool of dudes all the time. And she's like, I don't know exactly how to, you know, she's got her shit together. And she was asking me for advice. I'm like, well, you got to state this. And you got to say what you want, but the fear of rejection is so hard. I think a lot of times because they don't want to lose that love. And I was like, look, if you lose it, and that's the thing I want to, that's why I'm I'm sharing this because no matter what age you are, no matter if you're, you're 70, 40, 25, and there is a a part of you, if you're having, you're single and you're dating or whatever you have, there's is a, there's a possibility of being rejected and not getting what you want. So that's the thing that 
want to end with before we tell people how to work with you, if folks aren't feeling they're getting what they need out of their relationship, do you feel that they they address this? They're open about it. They're having relations three to four times a week. I don't know what kind of relations. Maybe they're maybe sexual relations. We don't know. Uh, And they address this in the way that you simply put it, which was great because I think that's very, uh, very NBC, very nonviolent communication. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'd be like, what the fuck do you want? Okay. You got to tell me. So, So if they, if they, because people go into things, unexpectedly having expectations even if you don't want to you like hope you're like you want them to say you're the love of my life and I want to be with you forever right so if they don't get the answer that they want we don't have to go that extreme do you suggest kind of honoring yourself or staying in as long as you can fit in or what do you think I mean I have my own perception but I want to hear it from you because you're also in this world of kind of uh, a little bit more freedom than than uh than I'm used to so I think it'll be great to hear from you on that I thank you for this question. I think that it totally depends on what you want. So universally, I I despise this idea that like one relationship type is universally bad. Like the idea of having a casual sex partner while you're looking for a monogamous partner is somehow bad. Like I hate that. There was a, a woman who got kicked off of The Bachelor last season because she had a friend with benefits at home. Like as though going on a show of one of 30 people on national television, like what are you supposed to do? Like not have sex leading? I don't understand. Anyway. (laughs) I bet some of those people are married and they just are lying to get famous. Yeah. I know. And and then there's like the bachelor... And the bachelor gets to date 30, 30 people, but you're not allowed oh, to date anyone. Don't but even the get bachelor. me started on that show. Are we, is like, this polygamy? Let's not right, go there. Let's yeah. not go there. This is like, it's non-monogamy with the goal of monogamy. It's such a mind fuck. It's awful. Anyway, we that's like a whole other conversation. Yeah, but next episode, number two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> part two, tune in later. Yeah. So first and foremost, get clear on your expectations. Like that's the first thing is if you go in not knowing what outcome you would prefer, you're going to be taken off guard no matter what the person says. So go in with at least clarity around your ideal situation. Also go in with clarity around what is not going to work for you. So just like if you were to go into a job interview, you know what salary you want and you know the bottom end that you are willing to accept for this job. You know that when you walk in the room, you do not make that up on the fly. You don't be like, uh, I don't, I get, okay. Like that, that's how we get fucked. Right. So, and not in the good way. So if we go in and, and know, okay, ideally this person says, I want to be in a monogamous relationship with you. And I would like to be boyfriend and girlfriend or girlfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and figure out what that looks like. Great. And then on the other side, you know that the quote unquote bottom or the the lower end of the spectrum that you're willing to accept is a close friendship with this person where sex may be involved. So if the person says, I don't even want to be like friends, but like we can fuck every once in a while, then you know that's that's outside of your your range. That's below where you have set for yourself. And anything in between, you can then check in with yourself really quick. And most likely because you've done the work before you're in this conversation, you'll be like, oh, that falls right in the middle of my spectrum. Yeah, that, that'll work for me. And then you can actually have this honest conversation. It doesn't have to be a binary of like, if you're monogamous and you're looking for a life partner, you have to only find people who also want that exact thing. Like you, you just don't, you can have tons of different types of relationships while you look for this person. Yeah. There's like a whole gray area in between. You can mix buckets. You can mix buckets. You can have multiple buckets. We have this bucket, that bucket, another bucket, maybe 20 buckets. And and then the other thing I think April was speaking to is like, how far can I lean in and and how far can I not, you know, like what's my limits um, here? And then when it seems like it falls out of my limits. So like, so you're talking about the person who says, I only want to fuck and I don't want to be your friend. And that's outside of my limits. And I really want to stay true to myself and take care of my needs. And I'd probably be like, 
all right, then we're not going to be seeing each other. So nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people still just kind of take scraps and, and like, yeah. I mean, and, and I don't want to go too deep into that. I would just, just would like to, I think highlight, especially for young people like April was speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I was speaking for myself when I was younger, I would, I would definitely do that. You so, old now, girl. I'm old now. I'm in my later thirties, <laughs> you know, but I used to take scraps, you know, for, yeah. of affection. And, and even though it, that. Yeah. Even though it didn't fit into what I really, truly wanted and needed, even if I didn't want a relationship with the person, I still didn't want just these scraps. So yes. um, I would just like to advocate for that. Like if, if anyone feels like they're in that place where they're just kind of yeah. like barely getting and they're not actually not even barely, they're not actually getting any of really what this is really meaningful or, or necessary for them to to really honor yourself if you can. And I know it's harder uh, to do and easier said than done. So and let me lean that into this next part. You know, if you're lost and confused. <laughs> There's a wonderful person you can work with. Not Rachel Ray. It's Rachel Wright. Um, Rachel, can you please tell our listeners a little more about your work? How can they... April's shaking her head. She's like, you're hungry. I'm hungry. I'm on lunch after this. How they can work with you, how they can find you, what your offerings are, etc. Absolutely. Um, So I do work with people one-on-one. I also run a uh, nationwide telehealth practice. So I have therapists and specialized coaches that work with with me that see clients all over the world for many different things. Um, so what we do is we have one really cool intake form. You fill out all your stuff and then I personally go through it and match you with the person who is best suited for your needs. So for example, if you're someone who is struggling with getting these like love kernels, right. And like settling quote unquote settling for these love kernels, there's someone on my team that that is actually their specialty. Like all of their clients are working on that. I have someone on my team that specializes in childhood sexual trauma and abuse, right? Like whatever your thing, quote unquote, is, there's someone that has dedicated their life to helping people with that thing. And I'm trying to collect all of them so that it's easier to find these people and you don't have to like sift through weirdos on Google to find them. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is. It's called shame-free therapy, um, which is lovely. And yeah, there you (laughs) go. Yeah. Yeah. And other than that, I have workshops on my website. I I'm on Instagram a lot. I do a lot of free shit. Um, like a lot. I really try to give back as much as I can. I do a lot of AMAs. I do a lot of like, I do a lot on Instagram. Um, so come hang out with me there. And if you have any questions, reach out. I'm here. You're the best. We missed one question though. Was it, can you be in the meat of our slut sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be honored. Nice. Okay, good. It could be vegan meat if you don't want me. So if we'll you don't the like A's meat. on the outside, we got yeah. an, uh, an R in the exactly. middle. Perfect. Perfect. You are so fantastic and we'll have to have you back next time with video because we wanted to make sure yes. the audio was clear for y'all. <laughs> so go check out Rachel Wright's work uh, and you uh, heard all the info in the bio and she's pretty fucking awesome. I'm so happy that you took time to be with us and that's, and remember it's at the right and that's W-R-I-G-H-T, uh, Rachel Wright. So, and, uh, Rachel Wright, NYC.com. That was your handle on Instagram and all the things, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I get right. it. That was a, that was a play right. on, that was a play on words. Yeah. At the, that was good. at the right underscore Rachel, R-A-C. Got yeah. it. There right. you go. It sounded like a right. right then. Roy, yeah. You bloody well, Roy. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks we got for having this me. Thank you for being here. I could be here all day with you. All right, y'all. I could be here all day, all night, all night long with all of you shameless sex revolutionaries. We love you so much. Go ahead. Just rate us right now. Just go ahead. Spotify, five stars. Instagram. Oh, uh, they don't rate us on there, but you can like us on Instagram. Or you can follow us. You can go on TikTok and look at us too. Shameless Sex Podcast. Also, iTunes. We like five stars on there. We read every single review. And I don't like to cry. So give us five stars. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday. Love you. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.